Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Janice Dean Podcast, and I'm so glad you're here today because I think you're really going to love my interview with a great lady and a good friend of mine. Jessica Tarlov has been a contributor here at Fox since 2017 and is one of the rotating co-hosts of cable news most watched program, The Five. She's also been a political analyst for Fox and Fox Business, and she's been on our air as a guest since 2014. She's also the VP of Research and Consumer Insight for Bustle Digital Group and was a senior strategist with Shone Consulting. She's also worked as a Democratic pollster, so her resume is long. Jessica was one of the first people to get in touch with me during the pandemic after the deaths of my in-laws in the spring of 2020 and gave me nothing but love and support during that terrible time. She's also had a tremendous amount of grief in her life with the recent passing of her beloved father. Our interview was filled with all sorts of emotions about life, being on TV, meeting her husband, and becoming a mom. And I know you will be moved by the conversation because I was, and it had me thinking and reflecting quite a bit after we turned the microphones off. So let me welcome to the program my friend, Jessica Tarloff. Jessica, you made the Dean's List. I'm excited. Actually, I think maybe first time ever, like (laughs) meta in life, but we weren't a Dean's List type of school. I did well. You weren't. Okay, well, tell me about that, because I grew up in Canada and there was really no Dean's List. It was, if you did well, there was an, you know, you got honors, I guess. Yeah. But we never had like a specific, you made a Dean's List. No, I think it was part of, so I went to private school here in New York City, Mm -hmm. and I think... It might be part of the obnoxious thing, like we're all so high achieving that we don't have to call out high achievers and you'll just see yes. like the ones who go to Harvard and the ones oh. who don't go to Harvard. And I was I did not go to Harvard. I, w- I went to a perfectly good school. Um, so I think it was part of that. Like we didn't have AP courses yeah. because everything is a challenge and you right. should, you know, you're prepared for college. Um, but then when I went to college, I had all of these valedictorians and people who had been, you know, dean's list every year. And I thought that was cool. You did. Uh, Yeah, it's a good accolade. Absolutely. So what do you think about what's happening now with the merit programs and that kind of stuff? It's concerning. Yeah. For me, I think more so when you get into conversations about relaxing standards for people going into professions where that matters. And obviously no one has gotten rid of the MCAT, for instance, at this point, but you can see a conversation going on Mm -hmm. in kind of hallowed medical schools. Like, do we really need this? And I kind of, yeah, I'd like whoever operates on me, you know, knock wood, not anytime soon, (laughs) but to have done really well on the MCAT, right? Right. Or those things. And I know they were looking at it for uh, the LSAT for law school. Mm -hmm. And both of my parents um, were lawyers, And they said, this just kind of makes sense, right? These are professions that 
have standards to them the same way, honestly, whatever you do. Like, can yes. you imagine if your husband was ill-equipped to fight fires? Right. Or didn't hadn't passed X tests or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know the exact criteria. So I don't like that. Um, I do think that we had overemphasized standardized testing for young people. And that was one of the reasons. I mean, the public schools in New York City have gotten so much better. Like, yes. I'll be sending my daughter to public school. But when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, it just wasn't a good option. And luckily, my parents could afford to send me to a private school, mm-hmm. but they really didn't like the emphasis in the public school system on standardized tests. Yeah. Like, why does a third grader's life get determined based on how they're doing on these ERBs at right. this point? Yeah. Um. So with everything, there has to be a better middle ground, mm-hmm. you know, not getting rid of the standards, but also not making it the be all and end all because- Kids especially, they're different kinds of thinkers, right? And they change so much. I'm sure you see that with your boys, that Mm -hmm. they're completely different people than they were at, you know, five to seven to nine, you know. Exactly. I mean, I had a conversation with Tucker Carlson. I didn't know that he had a learning disability, and he was kind of shunned for that growing up. That's sad. I mean, he obviously is a brilliant person and had parents that— fostered that, helped him through that. And that's difficult. You know, we have to get better at, you know, not doing that either. You know, putting people in a corner or, you know, labels. 100%. But there's also this, and it started a bit when I was taking the SATs, the double time mm-hmm. started to be a thing where kids could prove that they had a learning disability. And it was really only ADD at right. that point mm-hmm. that we didn't have that much around dyslexia and things like that. Yes. And there were kids that took advantage of the system even then. Because if you have a three-hour test and suddenly you get six hours, mm, right? you could do a lot in six hours, yes. right, with your TI-83 or whatever mm-hmm. else we yeah. got to bring into the room. Yeah. And abusive systems is also something that I think about or just satiating people that are saying, oh, this is too hard. Well, there must be something wrong. Maybe it's just hard, yeah. right? Maybe you mm-hmm. have to work that much harder And I'm not saying that about Tucker, and I think it's important that people talk about what's going on with them, what kind of thinkers they are. I think that, honestly, the kind of mainstreaming of the tech bros and the conversations around various points on the proverbial spectrum Mm -hmm. are important. Like Elon Musk's uh, SNL appearance, where he had his mom do part of his intro, I thought was a really important step forward for the disability community to be talking Mm. about a thinker, right? Someone who's changed the world. I'm not talking about what he did with the algorithm at Twitter. (laughs) Just focusing on Tesla and going to space. And to say, my mind doesn't work normally. Mm -hmm. And Steve Jobs' mind didn't work normally. Mark Zuckerberg, when you watch him testify on Capitol Hill, that's not a a straight line type of person. And they've given us some of the biggest innovations in American history. And we have to celebrate that and just be kind. You just have no idea what people are going through. I think that is the mantra, right? Yeah. You just don't know. And I was diagnosed with MS in 2005, and I had a lot of people in this industry saying, don't tell anyone. Right. It's going to be a mark against you. And if you go out and you, if people no longer work here anymore, but said to me, um, you know, when you go on television, you're going to be that MS lady. And I just thought, oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Listen, it's up to you what your comfort level is, but don't have somebody tell you what to do. 
because I'm so glad that I didn't listen to that person right. and decided to share it because that's actually benefited me over the years is, you know, being able to still do a job, have a chronic illness. It doesn't define me when I'm having a bad day, you know, I'll take care of it or I'll tell somebody. Um, but yeah, I think we just have to be open uh, in general, if we can, to be more accepting of that. Um, but yes, also being kind. Um, I wish we could do better at that. I do too. I, I think, and obviously you've had such an an extreme COVID experience mm. with the loss of your in-laws. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the past few years has been a positive gateway towards kindness mm. because everyone's crap was brought to the surface, right? Yeah. You didn't know that your colleague had a sick parent, right? Yeah. The vulnerabilities that were exposed, the only, frankly, the, the only way that health can yeah. expose, mm-hmm. right? Because that's, it's hard to stop people from doing anything for fun, but the fact that you could die or that you could be responsible for a grandparent dying or whatever sure. it is, is what brings that to the surface. And I do think, at least for me, and I'd be curious if it was the same for you, being pregnant, Mm-hmm. was the first time I felt so visibly vulnerable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you're walking around yeah. with this extra passenger, right? And as you get bigger and bigger, everyone's noticing. Yes. And we weren't right in the subway, so it wasn't the, like, giving you the seat. But you, you're you worrying for two, and then you're worrying for three or four, mm-hmm. you know, your whole family. And that experience for me definitely, I think, softened me to the lives of other people, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure MS does that as well, that you're just constantly thinking about your health, yeah. right? And making sure that you're it on track. And was a gift. A lot of people will say that too. Uh, for me, it was a gift because I think I was running so quickly towards false idols, uh, you know, like the career and the living in New York and the bright lights and all of that, and then you are diagnosed with something that brings you back to sort of a reality, um, and you realize that health is important, the people you love are important, of course job is important, but but those are the basic needs, right? Yeah. Um, and I think for so long, I needed that huge reminder, and that was a huge reminder, but I think that that really put everything in perspective for me. And children did the same thing. Yeah. You know? It really, it's not all about you. It's about another person. And 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 that's really important. Um, what was your path to get to Fox? So I used to, so I have an academic background. Yes. Um, I did my PhD in London. Did you ever want to be a lawyer? Yes, okay. I, I did. And it's interesting and kind of runs counter, I think, to the mainstream Fox narrative or of a lot of people about liberal arts education. But I went to a classic liberal arts school, one of the Seven Sisters colleges. Um, I loved all girls education, big advocate um, for that. And I wasn't done learning. I knew that, like, I wanted to go to grad school. And like I said, both my parents were lawyers. And my dad really especially pushed me to do a thinking graduate degree versus a vocational graduate degree. Hmm. He was like, you can go back to it if you want. So I just started with a master's degree in public policy. And then I had my, 
you know, quote, bright idea, went and did my PhD. Um, and then I moved back to the States and went to work for Doug Schoen, who used to be a contributor yes. here. And he was Bill Clinton's pollster mm-hmm. in the 90s and is famous for discovering the soccer moms the, who turned out to be the national security moms yes. as well. Um, and I started working for him and he's a very special boss, especially for women. I have to say, really taught me to advocate for myself. He had this ritual that I thought was so great at review time where he would tell you up front what your raise was, what your bonus was, and then he'd say, argue for it. Like, tell me why, how I got there. Okay. And it's intense, and it's hard, and it's especially hard for women. And it was something that I really appreciated wow. because I hadn't— really done that in life. Yeah. Like I defended a PhD, which, but that wasn't me, yeah. right? That was my work and the quality mm-hmm. of my regression analysis, which is not particularly glam. Um, <laughs> but something else that Doug did for me, which was great, is when he kind of noticed that I was outgrowing him, he wanted me to then build my own brand. So he started advocating for me here at the network Um, And America's Newsroom was the first show that I was on. And he had called them up himself and said, like, you know, give her a shot, like, see how she does. And then uh, I just started doing it more and more. And it ended up being a good fit. It's, You know, I was actually just talking to one of our colleagues about this yesterday. You know, being a liberal here, it's – you have to have, like, a certain personality for it. And you have to mesh – it's like you can't just kind of walk off the street and say, well, here are the jobs numbers. And especially if you do a show like The Five or, right. you know, and so much of our coverage, which I love, is personality driven, even yes. when it's news. Yes. Um, and that it's infused with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just started working out and and I made the dean's list. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story about Doug Schoen. Yeah. Because I feel like we need to hear more great stories about bosses who are men. And that's not to say that the world is a bad place with men bosses. It's not. But we tend to hear the bad stories a lot. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to highlight the really great guys out there because there's so many of them. I'm married to one. You're married to one. My dad was a great man. You know, Yeah. Um, it, that's just a beautiful story about Doug being an advocate for you and particularly women. And we'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And what did you learn about advocating for yourself? That people won't be as shocked by the good things that you think about yourself. And there's that, I don't know if it's where it originates from, obviously from data at some point, but that when um, men and women are scanning a job listing, that women, if they see 10% that they don't fit, they never apply mm. and that like a hundred percent of men will wow right that you see one bullet point and yeah. you think oh i'm out right because i Whereas don't men uh, thinks it's a challenge almost or who cares <laughs> right 
<laughs> I'll figure it out yeah. or they'll change the job for me. Oh, my goodness. And I don't think that that's natural for us. Mm. Not necessarily because we've been beaten down by the patriarchy or whatever. I mean, we have like the most high achieving women in the world, yes. right? People like a Condoleezza Rice, Hillary Clinton, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, Margaret Thatcher, yeah. right? And I think it's, I mean, her journey is incredibly interesting. What, it, you know, you show up at Saatchi and Saatchi and you say, make me a prime minister. <laughs> and, so, you know, you're in voice lessons. Yeah. Your, uh, your look is completely different. Mm-hmm. All of these things that I think, frankly, these things matter for men, but just not the same for us. And right. how could that not impact how we talk about ourselves, how we present. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's tough. Yeah. And like having a little girl, I think a lot oh. about it because there's, you know, everything is, you know, girl power, right? And all these things. But society is still structured in a certain way. Yeah. And, you know, we make progress and that's all around us. Um, but a lot of it is based on just natural personality stuff. Yeah. It's true. Right? Like, it's not malicious. Mm-hmm. It's just dudes. Right? <laughs> like, it's just testosterone. <laughs> That's right. How old's your daughter now? 13 months. And how do you love it? I love it a lot. Yeah. It's great. It's so hard, though. And yes. I have all the help in the You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to complain. There are, you know, single mothers. Doing amazing know. things. Oh, my God. Yep. Just blowing me away mm-hmm. left right and center and i'm a big sports fan and i love the stories and when you hear about these moms like kevin durant's my favorite basketball player and i think he's there are four of them the kids the mom was alone with them wow worked and got up at 3 a.m to make him run stare you know I, how because yeah. <laughs> when i have to heat up a bottle at 7 15 in the morning i think that it's the apocalypse um but she's fantastic and it's it's great to see, because I only met my husband the week before COVID started. Oh, my goodness. How did that happen? He was my next door neighbor. We met what? in the elevator. Oh, my. I love these stories. Yeah. You have to tell me. Okay, go. We were both coming home from bad dates with other people. <gasps> uh huh. This is a Hallmark movie. Like one in the morning. Okay. You were in the elevator. You never just- seen him before. He had moved in. Like six weeks earlier, I had lived in that apartment for a couple of years with my ex-boyfriend. Actually, we'd split up. Okay. He was no longer living there. Yeah. Um, never seen him. I was like, oh, this is like a very cute boy in my elevator. What floor? Five. I was like, I live in five. Five A, five B. But what? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And next. Next door. Oh, this is crazy. And he said, do you want to have a drink with me? And I said, no, it's one o'clock in the morning. And right. he did like a very funny, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go in there. You're going to swipe around. You're going to text some friends. Like, give me the half hour. <laughs> and so I did. And like, we made out. And I was like, I got to go home. Like, this is such bad behavior. And then in the morning, there was a note under my door that said, nice meeting you. Solid makeout. I hope this is the right apartment. The- Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. And, and then so, we got married. Well, COVID hit and then you just have to date. So because when, did, when be was alone? that uh, in relation to COVID then? So when. So my. So the lockdown, our first real date was the Saturday. COVID was like March 16th, the Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We wasn't 
good behavior, but we didn't we didn't really know. We went out on March 16th and had one of those great days where yes. you walk around and you go into like a bunch of different restaurants and bars yeah. and get to know each other. And then by the next week, it was like two weeks to stop the spread or whatever. Okay. And we moved to L.A. together for a month in June. Then he gave up his apartment in July and we were pregnant the next April and got married in June and holy that's it. Mo- I I can't believe I didn't know the story because it's this, a weird yeah but it's an unbelievable story be kind to people right like the yeah. drunk guy in the elevator may be your guy <laughs> you know? it's and it's hopeful because I yeah. find that you know I met my husband through a blind date um and I've told that story before, but I had moved to New York, hated the job I was in, hated New York because of that job that I was in. A girlfriend said, you got to meet this great guy. He's a firefighter. He's single. I'm like, ah, oh, no, I don't. The last thing I want right now is a relationship. I need to just get out of what I'm in right now. And that's going to, you know, that's going to add cloudiness to that. And she was like, well, can't he just be your friend? Like, can't you just meet him so that you know somebody else in New York City? So, yes, you have to be open to that and you have to sort of like, well, even though you don't think it's a good idea, it might still be a good idea. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> don't do dangerous things, I think. <laughs> Stranger danger is legit. Yes, um, absolutely. But giving people a shot. I, And I've always felt this way. And I think it's how, because I didn't meet uh, Brian until I was 36, which in, yep. you know, New York City. Yeah, Sean is and like, I, same thing. Yeah. Uh, 2000. Sorry. Uh, we were both 37. So it was, no, wait, sorry. No, we met in 2002, but we didn't get married until 2007. So he was a little late on that, but it's, I mean, that's okay. It is okay. You get to where you're going. Yeah. Um, but by city standards, you're like an old hag, right? It's like how many eggs you have left, you know, like <laughs> I, I froze my eggs when I was 34, like just to be safe. Yeah. Like, Cause you don't know. You don't know. Um, and people are so judgmental. Like so many of my girlfriends, they'll say, oh, it was like a good date, but he said this one thing. And I, I've always said, like, can you imagine how stressful dates are for men? Yeah. Planning good ones, like paying for them. I mean, the not that I think that they always have to pay, but on a first date, you know, most men want to do that. Right. And it's hard. Yeah. You know, yeah. and like give some grace. Absolutely. Right. He yep. said a weird thing about his brother. O- okay. Like, <laughs> no, that's a good lesson. Go on a too. second date. Right. Worst and, case is free meal. And <laughs> I was a big believer in the love at first sight, and oh. those didn't work out well. Sean was not love at first sight. I mean, we both admit that. We liked each other. Yeah. We both uh-huh. thought each other we they were attra- we were both attracted yeah. to each other, but it was kind of like mm, there's no like electricity here, right? Yeah. But that came later. And so that had kind of never happened before. So I also tell people like you do, don't judge that book by its cover. Like get in there, read to the fifth chapter. Yeah. The fifth chapter is awesome. <laughs> um, and also like, it's such a downer to say, or it's going to sound like a downer, but it's just realistic. Like the most meaningful moments, at least that I've had, and I had a short marriage certainly compared to yours are like being supported through my dad's death or what it's like to give 
birth. Yeah. And and yes, uh, fond memories of the practicing to get to the pregnancy part. Not so much yes. when you're trying, though. That is the worst That's sex hard. in yes. the world. But, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, it's great. Attraction is just so much more complex. Yes. Than, and Sean's a very good looking guy. Mm-hmm. And I think my husband is good looking, too. But like, I rarely, you know, walk in and think. Like, oh, I, you know, i got to rip your clothes off because of how you're looking. It's because I just saw you with my daughter and I'm completely In melted. Love. Exactly. Right? Yes, it's a different kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess this is what it means to be an adult. <laughs> if I'm As long as it takes, you know, to get there, but don't but don't close the door, I think, is the... No, and you don't know what happens. You I mean, you, all these stories of, I mean, a, a chronic illness diagnosis, yeah. a life change. Yeah. Right? Uh, someone loses their job and Mm -hmm. you have to figure out a completely different life loss of a parent loved one taking someone in i mean these people are angels who take in nieces nephews adopt like you just have no idea so speak with a good person for the ride Mm -hmm. it's very true for the ride for the ride and it's long hopefully tell me about your dad i know you were very close to him I was. I still am. He started visiting me again in my dreams, which makes me happy. Wow. Yeah, I started. So my sister and my mother um, both, like, work with medium. It sounds hokey to connect with him, but I haven't done it yet. I haven't, like, felt ready. Okay. But he hadn't been visiting a lot, and so I started not talking to him out loud, but just in my head saying, like, Dad, you should, like— come by more often yeah um so i've gotten two visits in the last week just like in a dream kind of knocking on the door and walking in oh my goodness so i like that i'm very into i'm a very type a person you know hard science kind of but i love because i'm not particularly religious yeah and i love the energy recreation thing as something to believe in right because i think we'd be lost without thinking there's something bigger going on, whatever that is. And it doesn't have to be God or... Yep. Um, so I'm into loved ones Revisiting. Hanging. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, popping in, inhabiting things like my daughter's eyes were his color for a while, and we both have brown eyes and he had light eyes. So, like, things yeah. like that. But that might have just been that kids have, you know, light eyes and then they go brown. But um, he was great. He was, like, the smartest person I ever knew. Um, and he just, he was such a, like, family person. <laughs> and I think you just don't recover. It's so hard to go on. Yeah. Like, you go on, but it's a void, I guess. I didn't expect when it's not your husband or whatever. We're going to get Kleenex. I get it. I'm sure. Yeah. Thanks. Anyway, he was great and he was just like super smart and had all these different careers. And he was a speechwriter at the Supreme Court in college. Like he was just gifted. Yeah. But he was super cool. And he, I talked about this. The LA Times did a very generous profile of me. And like I told them about how he wouldn't watch the shows on Fox in real time because he was like too scared of what would happen to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he taped it. He'd make my mom watch, tell him if it was okay. Oh. And then he'd watch or he'd like peek through like his hair. I mean, just everything you want. Yeah. So I'm very lucky. 
Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I know. But the love I see, it's totally. such huge love. It's great. And I mean, the circle of life to, I was 20 weeks pregnant when he passed away. And I think like he he probably could have made it, you know, when someone is dying and you could like push for another hospital visit yeah. or something. And yeah. then it's just like, yeah, let's not do this. Mm-hmm. But I think that my pregnancy and finding my husband gave him yes. the peace. Oh, my gosh. Of course. <laughs> and he met his grandson, my sister's son, which is great. OK. Um, and you told him before. That oh, yeah. Were... He saw the 20 weeks. I was yeah. over there like every day. That's another thing um, that I learned when I was living in London. Like, be near your people. Yeah. Like, yeah. not if you have a great opportunity, take it. But yes. there's nothing like being able to have no regrets when someone you love yes. passes away. Yeah. Um. So he was cool. He was great. Um. And I feel lucky like I got 37 years. Yeah. So. And how what was he diagnosed with? So he actually had um tongue cancer from 9/11. Oh. So and my two best friends have lost a parent to 9/11 cancers wow. too. Yes. So We've we connected. lived down in Tribeca all of us. Yeah. And um he got it first in 0506 and was in remission then until April of the pandemic. Okay. And then he got another tumor. And so he did like a year and a half of treat. I mean, he went everywhere. He went down to this clinic in Tampa, which I mean, Florida has a lot of old people. So I know why they would have good health care, but they have like this insane, the Moffitt Cancer Center. He went down there and had this crazy thing. Then he went into, it was kind of like started being over a over-ish October of 2019. He went into sepsis. Then we did like five weeks in the ICU, rehab, um, and he really couldn't speak anymore. He, okay. They had taken so much of his tongue. Um, so he texted. Mm. Actually, it's kind of funny. My mom, who is doing really well, but it's yeah. a weird. Of course. Yeah like started texting my sister from his phone which is the most emotionally abusive oh my gosh when was that <laughs> like recently oh he should because <laughs> it was just convenient and my sister was has... like what the f is wrong with you mom like do not make me wake up to a text from dad oh. anyway it was a very funny moment okay so she doesn't do that anymore right. his phone is still active okay but um yeah so it's been interesting though to be personally involved as a family, but then also with my two best friends who grew up with me, both losing parents to 9-11 cancer because this environmental thing that happened to them, right? This isn't like, you shouldn't have smoked, right? right? Like, why'd you sit in the sun for too long? It's Mm. just like, wrong place, wrong time. Yes. Um, And it's crazy. In the building I... That my friend's family lives in. So there are nine floors. This is in Tribeca. So like all these loft buildings. Mm-hmm. Nine floors. Um, two of the families in the building left after 9-11 and went to country houses. or, okay. And in all seven of the floors of people who stayed, someone has died mm. from a 9-11 cancer. Yeah. I, husband being a firefighter oh, yeah. and... Losing all of his men that day, he was off. Um, 
one of the chapters in my book, I devote to what happened and Kenny Specht, who was the first whistleblower about his thyroid cancer, thinking that it was 9-11 related. Mm -hmm. And just that kind of bravery and going out when the government was trying to lie to us that the air was clean Mm -hmm. um, and just the fact that it took so many years for people to just accept that there is a cancer related to what happened on that day. Yeah. And uh, there are so many implications monetarily for them, for what happened. Um, But it, it, there are so many denominations of people whose lives were destroyed by that day. Yeah. And being part of, a victim class is such a strange, complex thing, mm-hmm. right? That it's the folks who were janitors mm-hmm. at the towers, yes. volunteers up to multimillionaires, mm-hmm. right? Who just had sweet Tribeca apartments and, yeah. you know, and I think that John Stewart has obviously been amazing, an incredible advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some degree of shame, mm to it like in talking about yourself as a victim yeah yeah especially for all these brave people like first responders are heroes Mm. right but we can't forget the people like your dad who were just living there for sure um and obviously i feel that way um but he had great health insurance yeah and you know, had the best doctor at Sloan Kettering and all of these things that so many people didn't have access to and were mm-hmm. very aware yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important for anyone, whatever your privilege is, and I'm not talking about the hokey, like, lefty, like, me and my white privilege, you know, like, my dad could have paid out of pocket yes. if he had to for, yes. well, maybe not for that long, but for a while mm-hmm. versus just people who's generations destroyed yeah by the cost of their treatments or not getting treatments um i don't know and it's i think especially for men because of testosterone and everything else being providers head of households um even if you're you know if more women are breadwinners in the house and things like that i'm not talking about that but there's a pride and this this natural need to take care of your of your people. Yeah. And cancer just destroys you. Yeah. It's the sickest thing I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Up know. close and personal, of at least. Course. Yeah. Um, and it's a heartbreak um, for everyone because that was, you know, that day and the aftermath of it was, at least for me, kind of the only time that I've felt the country together. Yeah. Right? Like we had the first floor of our, the building that we lived in, we opened up to whoever needed somewhere to go to the bathroom to get something to eat. And we had firefighters from Iowa mm. who were incredible. We just got in the truck. Oh, <laughs> like when can you envision that? And we saw a bit of it in COVID, right? All of the doctors and nurses and, People who just said, we're going to the epicenters, right? Like, we're going to L.A., we're going to New York. Yeah. Um, but it is, 9-11 is often something 
that I think is only understood through one prism. Yeah. And there are so many others angles of devastation. Yes. Yeah. That we can't forget about. Yeah. How's your mom doing? She's good. She's remarkably resilient. She's super independent anyway. Like my dad always said, you know, I got married so I didn't have to see anybody else. <laughs> and then <laughs> had kids so I didn't have to talk to really anybody. You know, he was a big, like, only wanted daughters, thinks women are the most kind of interesting because of the the complexities of our personalities. And um, so my mom was the more social one. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, oh, you know, I'll hang out with Jesse. You go out, you know, with your friends if you want. Um, but his last career, he iterated into being a winemaker and their vineyards are on the West Coast in Oregon. And so he did a lot of entertaining by way of business at the end. And my mom has now which is cool. And we always joke with her, like, cue the succession music. Like, she's inherited his board seat and, like, ah, takes it really seriously. That's so very she cool. has a professional mission. Yes. Um, which is great. And she just, it was a big deal in December, she moved okay. out of the apartment that they'd been in for 16, 17 years. And that was a big deal. And she lives a 10-minute walk from me, which is fantastic Lovely. for babysitting and also emotional support. Um, but she's good. She did... A three-week trip with a bunch of strangers to Egypt and Jordan over wow. the holidays. She's like, she's getting after it. Um, I think dating may come soon, okay. which may. She's just turned 70 in October. Mm-hmm. She looks fantastic. She has a lot of longevity in her family. She's like, I'm going to sit alone for 20 years. And I was like, I, I don't want that. But I also, you know, when you're telling someone, I really want this for you. And you're also hysterically sobbing. Of that's course. what's going on. No, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's good. And I'll keep you posted on the dating. But I'm, right. I'm I'm into it. I'm just also frightened. It's weird. Yeah. Like my mom's well, mom 80. Uh, she my mom and dad divorced when they were probably in their 50s, I think. Um, and I kind of wish that they, you know, had gotten divorced sooner because I think the writing was on the wall. But they stayed together because that was the thing to do. Yeah. Um, because I really think I wish she had found somebody, um, you know, that really, really made her happy. But she's 80 now and she is kicking it. She yeah. just looks great. She's in great shape. We saw her over Christmas and she has like a friend in her life. And oh. at the and I recently met him uh, at her 80th birthday. That's awesome. And it's you know what? That's great. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they're going to get married. I don't really ask about their relationship, but I, when she talks about him, I get that she has a friend who's a male who yeah, she's makes a her happy. Yeah. yeah. I know it's a little crazy, Jess. It's great, though. <laughs> I mean, I it wouldn't want to be alone. Yes. I yeah. thought, you know, 80 years old, she's doing great. She's got her little exercise class, very independent, Yeah, always has been. Um, and that's really hopeful. You know, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. And like we were saying, life just, you don't know what it's going to throw at you. Mm-hmm. And there are so many fantastic stories. Um, actually, Nora Ephron's sister has yes. a book out. I forgot oh, her name. And I loved or- Nora Ephron. She was like well, amazing. I mean, if you love love, you love Nora yes. Ephron. Um, her sister, love of her life, died, okay. husband of yep. forever. And she's found love. I think he was like her friend in high school. Yeah. Or, you know, one of these reconnection things. Yes. And 
It's great. I feel like the ecosphere is flooded with these stories of, you know, 70-year-old men only want to go out with 36-year-old women. But Not, like, well, that's because that's what sells. It is what sells. And what I see in Del Frisco's sometimes <laughs> next door. But <laughs> there are also just great people yeah. that want to share these rich lives that they've built with others. And yeah. That excites me, right? That, you know, maybe she finds this guy and I'm, you know, my daughter grows up with his grandkids, you know, whatever it is. And that getting to the point and your parents were divorced, so it's a little bit different Mm -hmm. in that sense. But getting past the idea that it has anything to do with your with the dead parent. Right. Like, yes, that would have been the preference. Of course. But life gave you this yes so what are you going to do with it that's right um and she's doing more than i think i'd be able to i mean i've said to her a million times i've been married for like 45 minutes and i think i would die if brian you know just like absolutely melt like how is this possible Mm -hmm. and she was like it's you just wake up it's like groundhog day yes right coffee for one yeah like you know Mm -hmm. rituals gone yes helps if you're talking to the medium she has a date with him tonight with the medium. She's like, well, it's Friday night. I should go out with your dad. I'm like, you, yep, you should go out with dad. Uh, I love that, (laughs) though. Yeah, she's like, so I can come over a Saturday. Great. Um, But she's found joy, and I think grandkids is just a huge part of that. Yeah. You know, where you can see life going on and be useful, right, and help your kids exactly you know, she babysat you know i have to go on hannity and my mom can look come after. over and do that yep and, and she loves it she does she we we do joke that if she makes an online dating profile the catch you know the catchphrase will be not that kind of grandma because <laughs> she'll say like you know cleo pooped and i'm like well do you want to do something like, yeah you know cleo pooped you should <laughs> you should but look at that you should you should look into that it smells <laughs> um but the energy and the the joy that children bring, yeah, I think can bring you back from anything. It's very true. And, you know, kids for me also brought me closer to my mom because mm-hmm. I had a I had a different relationship with my father and it was tough for my mom a little bit. You know, dad was always the one I looked to with, you know, career wise. He was always busy and wanted things for me. And um, and so having my children just brought this beautiful relationship I never thought I would have with my mother. That's awesome. Yeah. And and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. It's amazing. It's an evolution, right? No straight lines to all of it. We'll be back with more sunshine right after this. I love our conversation and I want to continue it. So we got to do that. But I have to ask, because everybody's going to ask, how do you, so you're on the five and it kind of is like, Jess representing another opinion against people who sort of have the same opinion. How do you deal with it? Um, Well, I would say that there are denominations of opposing opinions, which does make a difference. Yes. Right. That, you know, Dana's a rhino or whatever, (laughs) you know, a bushy, which Ah. is a different kind of Republican than Trump Republicans. And so Janine and Jesse are more Trump, you know. Okay. And then Greg has his libertarianness, yes, which is great. You know, yep. when he's sitting there like, well, and why don't we legalize all the drugs? And you're like, oh, well, I could get on board with that. You know, so 
I think what, so it's hard. It, some days are hard. Like the Dobbs decision day was yes, or just shattering. Um, and those days, I think what's wonderful about the five the people who are on it is that there is respect for things that matter to other people. Like, mm-hmm. even if you disagree with it. Yes. That you are going to not interrupt at that moment. You know, just let you get it out. And because it is one on four. Yes. More or less. Um, there's an understanding like, okay, well, if we add up all our speaking time mm-hmm. and then her, you know, she could have an extra 30 seconds, right? Like on certain days, Jesse, not the best at it usually, but, and I think what really works is that everyone genuinely likes, likes each, each other, other and that comes across. And you can tell that. Yeah. And I get that, you know, I mean, New York City, most people don't watch Fox, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of an MS CNN town. Um, but when I'm across the country with people that watch, that's what I get all the time. Like, we hate your pol- we love you. We can tell everyone is friends. Um, and I didn't really imagine as a liberal here, and frankly, as anybody, you don't ever assume you'd get real estate, right? Mm-hmm. To be in a specific place. And I, I also work at, BDG, a a digital publisher. I run the research group over there. So I have, you know, I go between the two places and I'm in like one of the most liberal media environments and then I'm here and it keeps you grounded in both things, which I think is really important for my work in research to understand that people are not what they seem necessarily, right? That they're voting a different way, that they feel differently about a specific position. Um, But I feel so lucky to have to be a third of a co-host on the five. I always say that. People are like, how do you do that? And I'm like, well, I don't do it every day. Right. You know, yes. it's a lot. And Harold Ford Jr. and Geraldo are also such different personalities, um, different politics yes. as well. Yes. I think that that's great for the audience to know too, yep. right? That Democrats are this we aren't one, Exactly. It's you, not just one shot. Definitely not all. monolithic yeah. at all. Um, Anyway, so I've been loving it, and I think it was one of the things that came out of COVID, right? This opportunity to fill in more, and then that they liked the rhythm of it so much that they thought, like, let's make this an official rotation. Yeah. Um, And it's been great. And this all happened as well, and I've talked about this before on air. Like, I got promoted on mat leave, maternity yes like, I, that's happened before here it's crazy yeah, it's a very it's a thing it's a like we're going to give you a promotion while you're off right, right now while you're getting paid to be Stay with your, with your baby which you should and yes we have agreed one of the best uh paid family leave policies of any corporation in the country which is something that i think people don't always assume or understand yeah and also the impact of having a female ceo Yes. Someone, I mean, Suzanne's life is her daughter. Yes. And then it's Fox News. Yeah, it's true. Maybe her husband, too. But, (laughs) you know, it's (laughs) and to lead with that is something so fantastic. Like, I wouldn't have expected to, you know, I had a meeting about it 
eight and a half months pregnant. I mean, sweating through my jacket. Just it was the day Fox Weather launched. Yes. It was so stressful. Like everybody is just running around at warp seat and I'm sitting there, you know, holding my stomach because where do you put your hands when you're that pregnant? And they're like, oh, you know, everything. It seems to be going really. Are you enjoying it? These things. I, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's fantastic. We had just started, you know, like gang ba- gangbusters ratings and and all of this, and it was just one of those great check-ins that Fox does to make sure that you know that you're appreciated. Because yes. I think that that it goes so far mm-hmm. with everybody, um, but especially at least for me, since I'm swimming upstream, you want to make sure that. You're doing it in a way that may turn off some of the audience, but doesn't literally turn turn them off where they yes. don't hear it. So you right. have to strike a bell, you know. Of course. To just to hear like, this is working, right? Yeah. What's going on? And then, you know, I had Cleo on December eleventh and like, you know, by the end of the month we're talking about making this an official thing. And I was just like, Oh. Hope my dad can see this. Like, Aww. this is cool. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story, but I love being part of it. It's a great time slot for a mom. A mom, yeah. You know, like yeah. I don't have to come in before 3.30. I, I do my other job, but you can do that from home. I think work from home has been one of the biggest gifts for parents. Yes. That you don't, you can go to tummy time if you need to. Oh, or, yeah. I'll, I mean. I'll never forget when, you know, they graciously put a camera in one of my spare bedrooms to mm. make it a green screen. And in the morning I would come and then my kids, when they got up, they would come up and, you know, come and give me a hug in between a weather report. Yeah. I'll never forget that. That's unbelievable. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are the little silver linings that we get during COVID, you know, totally. A and lot of good things. Yeah. I mean, and our appreciation for how lucky we are to have gotten yes, that. Of um, course. Though I never mastered my own hair and makeup. Mm. It's just Me neither, a nightmare. Yeah. We, shout out to the hair and oh. makeup magicians here at Fox. It's crazy. Oh, I agree. We all look like Beyonce. And then in real life. I know. It's like, <laughs> um, does your husband watch you on the five? No, he's at work. Okay. I mean, he'll watch things like clips or, okay. I, you know. When I grace media, it feels like every day, you know, they need to work on their headlines. So sometimes it's always the same language, yeah. like, you know, crushes. Right. Oh, it is. But, yeah. Well, they want the clicks, right? Totally. And they're, everyone's in on the, everyone knows that everyone is friends. Yes. Like, I don't, I'm, I went to their holiday thing and like, they all know that Greg and I are close. Yeah. You know, there's no, you know, I love Gus and go over and play with the dog. No and, kidding. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Can you dog, believe he got a dog? A prince. I can. You can? I think you sit next to Dana for long enough and <laughs> you you're going to get a dog. But I just love that the love that he has for yeah. this pet. I think it's it's an, it's a heart evolution yeah. for him. Yeah. You know, if you choose, you know, you choose that you don't want kids. Yes. But it is, it's a way to that unconditionality and the care. Yes. That you have. And I mean, also, like, kids one day learn to wipe themselves, and (laughs) Gus is never going to learn that. So it's a lot of work that way. Yes. Um, What was I saying? No, just that it's this unconditional love that you have in your life, and that, 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 Dana maybe rubbed off on oh, him yeah. that way. Oh, yeah. No, something with the five. Anyway, the five's awesome. I'm glad you all watch. Oh, my husband doesn't watch, but his family. Okay. And so his 
mom who is not a particularly political person. Yeah. Um, they live. She lives down the Jersey Shore, where it's like Trump boat parade. <laughs> it's it's a it's a vibe. Yes. for me. Yeah. You know, I yeah. had barely spent any time in New Jersey, let alone like you know, real like Jersey Italian right. or American Italian, which is, I make fun of them about that. I'm like, I didn't realize I was, you know, marrying into <laughs> an episode of The Sopranos is that, without the murder. But so all of her friends are like Fox diehards and yes. Republicans. Yes. So when Brian emerged from COVID, like married and pregnant with a Fox News liberal, they were like, hold the presses on this. Like, we've hated you for years. And now <laughs> now I give them the swag, you know, when we get those boxes. Right, yeah. So they're all hitting Fox News golf balls and like <laughs> the great um, camouflage hats that we have. Oh, yes. So that's how I butter Patriot them up. Hats. Yeah. And they always say, you know, nothing's changed about how I feel about President Trump. And I was like, well, nothing's changed about how I feel about it. So we can just eat. Or that's a great <laughs> lesson right there, Jess. Yeah. We can all get along. We can. I think I mean, it's a whole other podcast. I think that there are um, and we've talked about this before. I think that there are fissures mm-hmm. that have been created in this country. And it really started in the Obama years. Um, George Bush was polarizing in ways that I think had happened before. Mm-hmm. Right. We've had wars. Yes. That people didn't believe in. Or that some people did and some people, you know. Yep. But we hadn't had social fabric deconstruction, Uh, I think, like Obama's election brought Mm -hmm. and his terms. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Trump wasn't the cause. He was a, a symptom of this. Yeah. Right. And his ascendancy and how many people saw him as the vehicle for something that had been brewing. Right. And I don't say that in an all negative way. I think that there's advocacy that he offered for people that they desperately needed. Sure. And I think that that was also a kick in the pants to the Democratic Party, Mm -hmm. you know, to put up a candidate. And I know he's a lifelong politician and all of that, but Scranton Joe is a different kind of person yeah. than a Hillary Clinton is. Yes. And I love, I mean, God knows how much I love Hillary Clinton, but. It's quite it's, an evolution to look back. Yeah. On how people have reacted to different leaders and what that is built up to. Oh, incredible. Yeah. I feel it now. Like I just, I look at all of these people that are still in office and I'm just like, can we just get somebody new that has like a vision? And I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat. Like my friend Ron Kim, my gosh, he's a Democrat. He is in it for the right reason. He cares about people. I don't care. I mean, I just I just think he is a just a genuinely good person. And if we could just see more of that, then we could get along with each other a little more. I think that's true. And I I, I do think generationally there is promise because I think that younger people have more shared values, I would say, about things that matter or how they see the world, Mm -hmm. right? Even when you look at, you know, the most of the kind of bipartisan working groups and things like that, they're around issues like the military because we have, I mean, we have a ton of representation who have served, which I think is fantastic, like Elisa Slotkin on the Democratic side and and Peter Meyer, who unfortunately lost his seat um, 
where they had a whole like working caucus of like young people for military support. And they also had a climate program Hmm. because millennials think climate change is real and that it's largely man-made. Yes. So there's hope, I think. And it's very interesting to think about what a benefit and also a detriment uh, the you know the clicks environment and the cable news hit right that you you want to know on a big night where X can X politician is going to be well that one's going to be on MSNBC and that one's going to be on Fox yeah and whether we like it or not that's how it is yeah. and figuring out how to move forward and to get things done for the American people I mean it's just survey after survey after survey yeah represent me exactly like. I sent you there for this. I didn't send you there for that. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh, and with these slim majorities also. I mean, because I, I assume George Santos will eventually have to leave. I know it's it is one of the more it's a it's a movie. It is a movie. There will be a Netflix oh. special on this. George, it's inventing it blows George. your yeah. mind what this guy has created. Totally. And he stood up yesterday, yesterday, the day before on Holocaust Remembrance Day talking about. Oh, my gosh. Listen, I think both Republicans and Democrats. Totally. And I imagine that when he pulled off of the committees a few days ago, I thought, okay, McCarthy must have said to him, we know what's, you know. Yeah. We know what's coming. So we got to do this. And I guess there'll be a special election. um, and It'll be interesting. Yeah. I I will watch that Netflix special. I've already downloaded it. Um, but everything from like being a Brazilian drag queen to stealing from a dying dog. And saying his mom died oh. on 9-11. What yeah. an insult. It wasn't in the country. What an Bring insult. Bring it full circle. What an insult. But you have to laugh at it because. Yeah. And how did no one check? I mean, I, what well, a dereliction. A completely... Sean Patrick Maloney. I know you've definitely had a bad couple of months, but like shame on you for this one. I am shocked about that. Yeah. That's a whole other can of worms. How on earth did that just... Well, apparently it was in the local papers and no one bothered to pick it up. And the arrogance of this, that's one thing also with Trump. Mm. Don't be arrogant about winning anything. Yeah. Because you have no idea Mm. what's going to happen. Mm. Um, I mean, whoa. I was, you know how every election is like the most consequential election. Uh, <laughs> of course. That one, I think. Like the final rose, right? Yes. Every one is going to be the most dramatic rose <laughs> ever. And yet you can predict that one of those people is going to be the whatever next year. Yes. That show, though, isn't doing well anymore. I, kn- I watched Harrison, it. Ag- right. Oh, I know. I think, I, I think that I rarely go along with the woke examples. So yes. I think it may have had an impact on the show. Uh, just I think so too. Going too far and like, I don't remember just, what they judged him on. I don't even remember what he that made was. A, it was a racial comment um, on a podcast okay. about a former participant. Not he didn't say something racist about her. I okay. think, but I think she took issue. Someone who's very popular. I'm probably doing this wrong, and it, I should be doing it better justice. These are the important issues. Right. But it was something like that where a lot of people thought this isn't that big of a deal. Some people thought like, let him work through it. And then some people were like, get him out. This guy has had a long career and we all make 
I mean, listen, we're just human. And if you're on TV for a very oh. long p- time, there's always going to be... Odds are you've said something yeah. inappropriate. Or, or without knowing that your microphone is on. Yeah, right. I'm very conscious of that, but still do it all the time, which <laughs> is crazy. Do. And I'll be talking about it, you know, because you would just... I, the best people who work here are like the tech people, right? The stage <laughs> managers and all of that. So you're always chatting with them of and course. whatever. And I'll be mic'd up saying like, isn't it crazy we say all this stuff just mic'd up? It's <laughs> true. <laughs> you know? know, or a lot of them are liberal because it's entertainment, right? Yeah. And who goes to work in entertainment? So they come to me. I can't believe blah, blah, blah. And I'm just sitting there like <laughs> yakking my jaw. And then I'm like, oh, I've got this microphone right. on. I'm sure DC is just listening to all of this. Um <laughs> No, yeah. but I think the point is, yes, and how we got there about Chris Harrison is, yes, I believe that. I think the franchise was affected because he was very beloved, and you can't just, like, fire him for a comment that might have been that offended someone, and hopefully we're getting a little—the pendulum is swinging back. I think back. that's right, and that was something my dad always said that— has really guided how I think about these things. He's like, it's always swinging. It always overcorrects and comes back. Yes. Because I was devastated when Trump won. Mm. And he said, this is what's right for us. Hmm. This is, and I mean, big, to the left of me, his politics. But he said, this is, at this moment, the presidency we deserve. Hmm. Because it brings it brings so much rawness to the surface mm. of what's going on here. Like, yeah. And that a Hillary presidency to some degree would have just kind of continued to band-aid mm-hmm. a broken society. Mm. Right. We would have gone through another. I mean, for me, a fantastic four years, eight years, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> but COVID did this kind of the yes. same thing. Right. It just kind of brought us back to like this like baseline. Yeah. And the, the humanity. Yes. Of it. Yes. Right. We are optimistic. And listen, yeah. I, I've i always loved you. I don't care who you voted for. That pretty much goes for anybody in the building here. I've been here for 20 years. Yeah. I've always said the red and blue that I see as areas of high pressure and low pressure on a map. <sighs> I, you know, I've always been somebody that's tried to be apolitical. Um, I think you have very much achieved that. And um, I think. I have always felt about you that you are just pro-human. I am pro-human. And whatever your story is and what you do for a living, certainly in the bleakest of times, is about protecting people. Right. 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 This is coming. Get out of the way. You know. Yes. <laughs> this yes. is. Here's my information. Right. You need to do what you can with your family to save them. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, whatever panel you join and obviously... Fox and Friends is really your your family. Um, I would say that's where your real estate lives. Um, <laughs> it's nice to just get that break, mm. right, where people are just joyful and the forecast is sunny. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter if the segment before was about the economy or some horrible crimes, whatever. You know, like Janice is here. We need more weather. We need more weather, not inclement weather that people aren't expecting or polar bears falling through the cap or things like that. But, yeah, we need more weather. I think for the most part, it is a kind of a fun thing, especially when Brian has fun little tosses to me. And we all love each other. And I think that that. Well, it it, shows. And that's why people like it. Yeah. Same with the five. Yeah. And that's why it's successful. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think when you look at the amount of other shows and on other networks that have tried to replicate yeah. the look, the feel, you know, Chiron's looking like this, whatever. It's the chemistry. That's right. And it's the energy. Yeah. And sure, there are going to be people that want to tune in because they want red meat this or red meat that. But, you know, for even the most extreme hosts, uh, you know, in terms of political positions, like there's just a, an unbridled affection yeah. I think for the people that are core to being here, yes. right? Not like a random guy. You know, you can bring on whoever and, you know, have a reaction, old, like slice and dice. But if it's a, a segment with people who have gone through things, they know each other's kids' names. Yes. Uh, know you lost a parent. Yeah. Those kinds of things that radiates and that reflects America. And that's why they like it. That's what I always get about the five. This looks like my family. You're just like, you know, the wacky aunt. And I'm like, all right, I'll take it. And we love her. We love her. We invite her to almost everything. Um, no, it's fabulous. The worst uh, or the funniest, I think, uh, was. So I get a lot of criticisms about my voice. Um, oh. And I was in the bathroom in the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. Yeah. Talking on the phone, which is inappropriate. I was in AirPods. I wasn't touching the phone. Anyway, I hear this woman, and I can't do the Southern accent, like, yell. She's like, Jessica, are you in that stall? And I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. And she was like, I just love the five. It's so great. And I was like, yeah, I was like, could I wipe? I'll come out in a second. (laughs) And that was the energy uh, of people who love the five, who love the network, that they, like, can't wait a second. That's right. To be like. I watch you every day. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's so fun it to is. be fun of cu- part of culture like that yep. and to be able to be communicating your values. Right. And that's really what it is for me. It's less politics and more values. Yes. Um, yeah. It's great. Well, I love this conversation. Me too. And I think you're great. Um, and let's do this again. Anytime. Another Dean's List. I know. Do people make it multiple times? Only a select few. Okay. Well, I am very high achieving. I have a lot of degrees. Uh, <laughs> I know we keep talking about like making a, I think it'll oh. be a sticker someday. Like okay. Dean's List sticker. Oh, cute. Yeah. So we're we going to work on that. We can wear it like how Jesse has the sink or swim chart. That's right. Oh, people will see that give you that you're wearing the Dean's List. Yeah. Jesse hasn't been on the Dean's List. Oh, well, that one will... You'll get a lot of downloads. <laughs> this one, I don't really know. But if you have Jesse. Well, they should. Jesse is great. I mean, he just. I, I don't know. Jesse since he was, was like a PA on O'Reilly. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Work hard. It's very true. And he you is, too could have be, a primetime show. That's right. Yeah. And have great hair. <laughs> and it just be so uh, self-effacing that Jesse's charm is all that. I love that too. And even I've talked to Dana Perino about it. You know, she's, she was, she even admitted, she was like, I didn't know what to think Yeah, when he came on, but he's completely grown on me and we love him. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously he's been around there longer than I have. Um, but I used to do a segment on Hannity with him, Jesse versus Jesse. Yeah. Oh, and the game was rigged. He always won. Whatever. Um, I mean, a few times I won. Or I would just announce that I had won. Yes. <laughs> like, you guys were obliterated by the facts. Let's just be honest here. Um, but he is always 
so sweet and yes. genuine. And we used to ride the subway home together afterwards. Because he awesome. for a while lived downtown. Now he's a suburbanite. Um, but uh, he's great. And I think that that's something people get, that everyone is friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that ultimately they do f- feel like it's just a job. Like that life is bigger. Life is bigger. Life is bigger. Yeah. And I love that we celebrate the life is bigger moments. Absolutely. Like on air baby showers. It's the best. It's the best. We love it. Babies and pets. Yeah. Big. Happening. That should be our our new motto. (laughs) Jessica, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was great. We're going to do it again. Yeah. Maybe with cocktails. Oh, that sounds good. Thank you, Jessica. And you know what? That was one of the longest podcasts I think I've ever done. The time just flew by. We're all just humans doing the best we can in this crazy world. And I'm so grateful to have such wonderful friends here at Fox. None of that has to do with politics. Now more than ever, I hope we can come together because we have way more in common than our differences. And it's always good to be kind because you never know what someone might be going through. I thank Jessica for being so open and candid in our conversation, and I look forward to our next conversation very soon. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram, or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.